You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hurry into the Dodge Big Finish event for great deals all month long on some of America's greatest muscle cars. That's the new holiday greeting in Santa's workshop, and it's not the only big change this year. Santa's got a shredded six-pack, and the vending machine is filled with protein bars and muscle nog. He's even upgrading his ride to a snow-burning muscle sleigh, like the Dodge Charger, America's only four-door muscle car with all-wheel drive. But it has to be functional like the Durango, the most technologically advanced, fuel-efficient, and powerful V8 in its class. And loaded with horsepower, like the Challenger's most affordable V8 in its class, Santa wants his sleigh to really fly. So it's goodbye, jolly fat man. Hello, jolly fast man. Ho, ho, go! Sorry, reindeer. Hurry in for great deals at the Dodge Big Finish event. Based on 2019 Ward's Mid-Export Utility Vehicle Segment, available VA. Based on Ward's Middle Specialty Segment, Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, with Bill Goldberg. Man, this is going to be a fun show. You know, CarCast brought to you by Zybar for better engine performance, horsepower, fuel economy, and lower underhood temperatures. Zybar is an ultra-thin coating that reduces radiant heat by 90%. So put Zybar on, take heat off, visit Zycoat.com, and of course, Dodge. Hurry in to find great deals at the Dodge Big Finish sales event. All right, speaking of Dodge, man. <laughs> uh i was at the la auto show i saw your sleigh your the hellcat demon de- deerman de- demon deer <laughs> sleigh and uh and they're dropping all the new social media videos they're great they're funny they're fun you guys should check them out um of course uh goldberg's been posting them up there uh you can find them up on his social media go over to his instagram uh, follow Goldberg on on Instagram uh, and and Twitter. He's uh, Goldberg nine five and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. You can see more of the Dodge videos. They're fun. I saw a little shout out from Richard Rawlings. <laughs> it's like yeah, uh, why 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 not? Yeah, why not? Keep it in the family. Uh, which is excellent. Uh, I didn't realize you had done so many different versions. I guess they were they have the TV commercial, and then they're rolling out a bunch of different social media versions of the whole thing. They did one with Christy Lee; she was great, uh, and her video as well. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. You know why? I, uh, I never you 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 get to see the finished product when it's actually put out mm-hmm. to uh, to the entire world, and I'm happy with it. It's really cool, man. I uh, posted one today. I'll be posting another one tomorrow. And uh, hey, man, you know. So how did the triple nickel look in person? You oh. said you saw my sleigh. I'm I'm more concerned with uh, my my red eye. Yeah. So. I, uh, I, I chew it over to the LA Auto Show. We'll actually have uh, Alistair Weaver be calling in from the road. We'll do a little bit of auto show recap and tell you what he's up to. But, um, uh, yeah, so I swung by, uh, uh, all over the show, spent a few hours there, but I did go by the, uh, the Dodge booth and you were talking about your, your Challenger Red Eye that you ordered in the triple nickel color. Like you originally ordered, I think, black or something, right? And then you're like, you saw the color, the triple nickel. Up at uh, Roadkill Nights and immediately changed your order. Uh, right after, yeah, after and, talking you and, to Mark. You and I pretty much figured out that uh, when we saw that thing, that was something special. So, yeah, I had to be a little different. You know, we got the F8 with the first one and <laughs> the Demon, and, you know, we'll go, uh, go brand new triple nickel. Yeah, it's a fantastic color. It's, um, it's, uh, you know, it's it's a silver. It's got a silver, but a little bit more of a tint to it. Um, the one that they had on the auto show, uh, I believe, was a red eye. It was triple nickel. It had the blackout hood to it. This one had the red interior, kind of the darker version of the red. I forgot what they call it. They, you know, they just don't call it red. I don't know, crimson or something like that. Um, and I know you and I kind of differ on this. You're not so down with the red interior, but it looked sharp. I, I do like a red interior on certain cars, but I, I'm a big fan of like, I like like a white Jaguar F type or a 911 with some red interior. That's not really your, your, 
your style, but um, no, but that, but all the photos I've seen of that car at the at the LA Auto Show, the triple nickel with the black uh, hood and the uh, and the the red interior, it's a beautiful car. I mean, there's there are certain cars that look good in that mm-hmm. uh, that livery, and certain ones that don't. Yeah, it's uh, it it looked fantastic, and uh, and they had a good display there. Like I said, they had the sleigh there, which was fun. Lots of people, even on the press day, lots of people were just having fun with it and taking photos of it and stuff. And uh, and certainly our friends over at at Jeep as well were getting a lot of attention. I'm telling you, like Jeep people are like they're like crack addicts in a good way. I mean, it's just uh, it's just uh, Jeep gets so much press and. And, you know, I'm not really like a Jeep person per se, but uh, the Jeep Gladiator was was impressive. This is the, you know, I thought it was supposed to be called something else back in when they had the concept. It's the four-door Jeep Wrangler pickup truck, and it's it's pretty big. It's, it's, it's a good size vehicle, and that was getting a lot of attention over there. And then they had um, – they did this thing earlier in the year where they did some sort of charity contest where they got a handful of, you know, three or four celebrities and they were able to team up with a builder and sort of design different types of Jeeps that can pick the four door or the two door or whatever. And uh, I was just walking through the uh, the Dodge and Jeep booth and uh, Chrysler booth at the LA Auto Show and ran into uh, ran into our friend Maria Menunos and she had designed one of the Jeeps. I knew this because she called me earlier. She's like, hey, I was selected to design one of the Jeeps and what do you think and who should I talk to? And I was like, yeah, just make it fun and kind of make it your own thing and and what's your style? Like, don't worry about what other people want in the Jeep. And she kind of designed this this nice kind of like a light blue with a white interior going after a female audience and and uh and and hers was made to be, her she picked the two door wrangler she went sort of old school more authentic jeep style and uh kind of wanted to make it like pet friendly and it had like i don't know like a dog harness or something in it so it just definitely fit her style and she ended up loving doing that project and uh so she's like, "Come over and let's talk more about doing more car stuff." So, so maybe we'll uh, we'll have her come in and chat with us at some point, tell us what she's up to. But um, but it was fun to see that project with with her there as well. Um, so what's uh what's going on uh, with you? Any updates on your car projects, Bill? God, which ones? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got an update on my project. I'll be shooting the Goldbergs tomorrow in L.A. And I'm sitting here looking at my uh, Nitto drag radials on the rear of my charger as I'm preparing to drive up there in the rain tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to rain. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, we, we lemon laud Wanda's Escalade, which is really becoming becoming more of a, oh, yeah. of a problem than you ever would have imagined. But prior to us getting paid for that, I bought her uh, uh, that Range Rover I was talking to Alistair about. So, uh, um, you know, uh, it's not here yet. And uh, I can either drive the big F-250 up to L.A. tomorrow in traffic, or I can try to find some tires in the next couple hours. <laughs> or, or I can... Uh, or I could play Russian roulette in the in the eight hundred horsepower charger on drag radials tomorrow. But you know, so that's my latest car dilemma. Uh, you know, I, I I have a number of them, but but yeah, this one is immediate. Do you have a second set of wheels so you can switch between the rain tires and the and the the drag radials? I do, and I don't. The second set of wheels are from HRE that came off the Demon, and they're com- and the and the tires are completely bald, Nitto. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I got more wheels and tires than I got, you know, brain cells. <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, with 305s all the way around in this car, my 275 uh, Pilot Sports aren't going to work on the back. And so uh, we're going to knock on Nitto's door here uh, in about an hour, I think. Yeah, okay. And uh, So that, you know, wait, waiting on the, uh, the okay, hopefully, from Dodge, since I'm Santa Claus, about the... Uh, the road course project that's out in Mooresville, you know, the Hellcat. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I'm just trying to be patient because I hear through the grapevine tomorrow morning, my uh, red eyes put on a truck and transporter from Ontario, uh, hopefully out here soon. Wow. That'll be good. When I talked to the guys, they, they, uh, at, at the auto show, they were asking us like, I, I think, 
I think you're you're getting one soon. I thought it was going to be like in the next month. And they're like, yeah, really? And I was like, well, why do you guys sound surprised? You work at Dodge. I was like, exactly. if you're surprised, Goldberg's not going to like that if you guys are surprised. <laughs> well, I had to go. I went to the dealership and had to look up the VIN. Yeah. And uh, so, so you know, anybody can tell me anything, but uh, hopefully that, that information is true and, you know, just hoping and praying I'd get a hold of that driver to get some more mileage on that car daily so I can get the damn thing before before Christmas. Yeah. Well, um, also when I was there talking with the guys, and there's not much I can say about it, but I can tell you that at some point down the line, not very far down the line, uh, expect something new and cool from the Charger. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, I've been pushing for that for three years. Yeah. Well, they, again, again, right when I take delivery of the red <laughs> eye, it's going to come out. Yeah. And so I already sent a nice little message to to um, to Mark mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram yesterday saying that uh, when that wide-body red eye charger comes out, you, you better put me at the first of the list. Yeah. Or he's I, not getting any presents next year. I can't confirm nor deny it's a red eye charger wide body, but I don't I don't care what you can do. All I <laughs> all I'm telling you is it's happening and I don't I don't know. Uh, but uh but it's good. So I gotta go to work again. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. You better get another commercial. <laughs> better do more episodes of the Goldbergs. <laughs> God almighty. I've been uh, I've been Here talking uh, I've been talking to the Dodge guys quite a bit. You know, it's the end of the year. We started to put together a twenty nineteen plan and there's some things like that that's going on. So um Give us some more. Give us some more, man. Give me yeah. one little detail about it. You know, I, I I what I'd like to do is is what we talked about was having some of the Dodge guys come in. We're trying to get uh get the boss in here, Tim Kaniskis. Um and uh, when that happens, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, you've been so busy filming stuff and the TV shows and whatnot and and uh, Knife or Death and Goldbergs and NCIS and all that. So um, uh, we're going to try to plan it when um, hopefully you can come back up to the studio, record a few shows, and uh, and we'll bank a few. But we'll have the Dodge guys come in uh, as, as well. So um, uh, That'll work. Yeah. So why don't we um, – why don't we uh, get Alistair on the phone, and I'll tell you guys a little bit more about uh, Zygote while we do that, and uh, and then we'll check in with him as well. So, uh, Chris, why don't you go grab Alistair? I'll tell you guys about Zygote, Zycoat and Zybar. Of course, Zybar is an ultra-thin coating for manifolds, headers, turbos, tailpipes, mufflers, and tips. It has a thickness of 0.001 inch, which reduces radiant heat by 90%. And it's the first DIY thermal coating of its kind. Now, that is impressive. We've seen it before. We saw it up at the uh, at the SEMA show. It looks good. It's cool stuff. It's non-corrosive. It does not break down, even in 2,000-degree environments. It makes wraps, shields, and expensive ceramic coatings obsolete. Use Zybar for better engine performance, horsepower, and fuel economy, and lower your underhood temperatures. Zybar comes in four awesome colors. They have bronze, midnight black, cast silver, and Porsche gray that are sure to make your engine a showpiece. Zybar is available for purchase at Zycoat.com and many auto part retail locations. Put Zybar on. Take heat off. Of course, it's Zycoat.com, Z-Y-C-O-A-T.com. Uh, okay. So what do we, uh, we got Alistair on the phone as well. Uh, yeah, just press, uh, press four on the top row and then press five. All right. Four and five. Hello, Alistair. Hey, man. Hey, man. Uh, great. So we got you, we got Goldberg still on the line. Goldberg's got a few minutes. He's got a, he's going to have to run, but we wanted to just, um, uh, to check in. Uh, you guys were talking about Range Rovers recently, and it sounded like Goldberg took your advice and ordered his wife up a Range Rover. So hopefully it was good advice, or you got hell to pay, my friend. I reckon if thanks for the advice, I probably faster over the first. What what uh what did you? I'm not. Go ahead, Alistair. No, no, I was saying I'm probably faster over the first five yards, but then I can probably keep running. 
<laughs> well, we'll, well, I can't run anymore, but I can throw things pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eventually, you're all going to end up back in the same studio together. <laughs> and uh, besides, you can't outrun that uh, that new red eyes coming. Um. Uh, all right. So uh, before we get into uh, to what Alistair's doing, um, we've got a few minutes with uh, with Goldberg, and then uh, I want to get into some auto show recap stuff, some top picks from the show, and why Alistair's calling in. As opposed to sitting here, it's because he's doing something silly on the road. Um, but uh, here's a little update I want to talk to you about our friends over at the Bondurant School. There's been all kinds of, of crap in the, in, in the press. You know, uh, are they bankrupt? Are they, are they going out of business? And, and they, they walked out and, and locked the doors and kicked out customers. And, yeah, it's been a little hectic over there. But here's my issue is uh, I got some article in front of me, and it's like – it's like uh, the Bonner and School filed Chapter 11, which is a restructure bankruptcy. So 11 is the one to restructure. Chapter 7 is the one where you, you're out of business. So this is a restructure. They want to stay in business. And it says that uh, the debt is somewhere between a million and 10 million, and they owe between 50 and 99 creditors. And the problem with this is that's such a wide spread, you basically – are publishing no information at all. So I'm, I'm bashing on journalists a little bit here. Sorry, Alistair. Uh, but this wasn't you guys that published this. So um, I'm good friends with with Bob Bondurant and Pat Bondurant, his wife. And I can tell you that most of the stuff you're reading is false. Okay. The school is open. And they do have to do a restructure. They do have some debt. It's nowhere near the numbers that are out there. Nowhere near the numbers. Take the lowest number that's been published, and it's less than that. That's all I can tell you. And uh, they are there. And they've they've sat down with the courts. The courts said, yeah, you got a little debt. Let's, let's assign somebody to help you work this out. And they've hired a basically like a corporate recovery specialist, a, a, a bankruptcy spin doctor, if you will. And uh, and he's going to sort of act as I don't know general manager for the school, but the school is open, and uh, you can go there. And anybody that's signed up for a class already, or has got a gift certificate or something, all of that's going to be honored. So uh, we're you know the school's been around for a long time. They're friends of ours. We like them. They're going through a rough time, but they're still there, and they want to do the right thing. And the right thing is to teach you people how to drive. Uh, so. so in this in this day and age, with such wonderful array of toys out there to be driven and into the ground at Bondurant, what do you think went wrong? Well, I'll tell you, um, and I, I have to sort of pick my words, uh, you know, carefully because of the information that I know that uh, I can't talk about versus the information that I can talk about. Um, uh, I can say this is. Uh, the halo car there was the Viper. And a lot of times you want to go to a school like this or any one of those Vegas driving experiences and you're driving the Ferrari and stuff and people do that for a few hundred bucks. The Bondurant School is more instructional. They have safety courses and road race courses. You can take, I think, the three or four day close uh, course and get your SCCA license when you're done because the school is that good. So, uh, the halo car being the Viper, with the Viper being discontinued, sales significantly dropped off because people are like, hey, if I'm going to the school, I want to drive the Viper. And without the Viper, it really kind of hurt business. So that was one of the things that that happened um, as far as just signing up. But they have challengers. They have Hellcats. They have a drag racing program with the Demon. Do not underestimate these cars. These cars are fantastic. They got incredible amounts of power. And forget about the Viper. I drove the Viper. It's great. It's fast and, and, and handles, but it's it's bumpy and it's loud and it's just it's not a real world experience. So. Um, uh, especially if you're going to do like safety courses and things like that, they've got a great fleet of cars over there, chargers and things like that, that you should definitely go and check out. Don't worry about the car. Believe me, any car that's out there, you can get in that van, that 10 passenger van with one of their instructors and do a lap around the road course. And they will scare the shit out of you in that van. He'll, 
the, the, the instructors will do things in that van with 10 people in it that you'll never do in a car on your own. So don't worry about the car. Worry about the driver. And you should go and learn how to do it. So that's one of the things I can tell you was the Viper was like an issue because the Viper was – it's done. You know, we're done with the Viper. So – um, but that's it. But uh, you know, okay. So, so taking that into consideration, and Dodge is still on board with them. Is yeah. that going to be replaced with something, or is that complete that area of Bondurant completely being cut out? Well, Dodge is still on board. As a matter of fact, at the LA Auto Show in the Dodge booth, they had like the Bondurant car simulator that they bring out to promote the Bondurant school and Dodge's uh, partnership with them. So um, they're still they're still involved. There's just not Vipers there. That's the only difference. Um, but they but they do have all the you know the Challengers and the Chargers and you know all the cool cars there for sure. So um, as far as I know, uh, it, it, the issue wasn't. It's certainly not Dodge sponsorship. I don't think that ever even came up in our conversation and uh, and whatnot. So it just had to do with, you know, the, the, they lost a Halo car and they were growing the school and improving the tracks and they spent a little money to make it better. And they were hoping that the sales would continue to go with, with some of the new improved tracks and the Viper, but the Viper dropped off and sales kind of dropped off and that kind of hurt their ability to pay back some of – some of the debt that they use to to improve the the place. So it's a beautiful place. I've done it years ago. It's bigger and better now. Um, and uh, uh, I can't wait to go back. So um, I'm looking forward to that at some point soon. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know if um if uh I don't know what the update is beyond that. So that's that's kind of where they are. So. Uh, that's kind of the status there. Um, in my, in my, my opinion, yeah, they need something to replace the Viper to satiate that group of people that were coming to Bondurant for that experience. Well, you know, look, maybe you can, Easier maybe they'll get red eyes out there. Maybe they'll get red eyes for the, uh, for the road course and the demons for the drag racing program. I mean, uh, why not? Like I did it years ago before the Dodge sponsorship and, uh, we drove uh, Corvettes, just basically stock Corvettes, and they were great. But when I went out and did the skid pad, it was like in an old Cadillac. And it, I, you didn't need the Corvette for that, that's for sure. Uh, you know, you're just, you know, sitting there with the instructor and getting some getting some feedback. Oh, they, the, the skid pad car with the training wheels on it, you know, mm-hmm. which is the best thing. Any, everybody should do that. Everybody should figure that out. Um, Everyone got, that goes to get a license should do that. Yeah. Uh, what you saying, Alistair? Yeah, I think the other thing, man, we talked about this on the show before, is people spend so much money on, on, on their cars and tuning cars and everything else, and they don't spend nearly enough on themselves. So if you're, I think most of us in, in, in my profession over the years have done a lot of high-performance driver training, and in my case, quite a lot of racing as well. But, you know, the, the, the amount of putting the money into yourself rather than the car, the gain is exponential. And I think it's it's like golf or anything else. People want to put so much so much money into equipment and not into their not into themselves. So I would encourage everybody to to get out there, have some training, and you'll actually enjoy your car a lot better. Yeah, that's that's actually a really good point, a valid point. And the single best modification you can do to your car is the driver. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right? And uh like we've all been down this road. I've I've spun off the track and Goldberg's had one or two exciting experiences in his life. <laughs> and I'm Thanks. sure I'm sure Alistair as well. <laughs> we've all had I uh, thought we were mentioning Goodwood again. Yeah. <laughs> Actually I wasn't even thinking of Goodwood. <laughs> Thanks. That's two times you mentioned it. On to the next subject. Yeah, on to the next on to the next subject. Um uh all right, so enough about Bondurant. Let's talk about what Alistair's doing real quick. Uh, uh, how much time you got, Bill? So far, so good? I got a couple minutes. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. I got 15 minutes. Okay, so um, Alistair, what are you doing? How come you're not here? So I'm currently uh, holed up in a hotel in Boston because tomorrow we start a crazy adventure to drive all 48 contiguous, which is a new word for me, means uh, touching all 48 touching states in the u.s and we're trying to do that in a week so we start off in maine 
and all being well, we'll end up back in California in a week's time. Uh, and we're doing this in the Toyota RAV4. So it's basically Edmunds does the ultimate review of America's sell- selling, biggest selling SUV. In fact, it's the biggest selling vehicle that isn't, isn't a truck in the U.S. Uh, so we start tomorrow in uh, Kittery in Maine um, and then head down. So I'm, I'm in the car for the first 30 hours and then I hand over to um, three, the, the next group of three and then the next group of three and so on as we, as we work our way across the U.S. So you guys... Well, pick- hey, when you take a little bit of a respite, slide down to Alabama for me and pick up the Range Rover and deliver it back to California <laughs> when, on your way back. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. See, see if the RAV4 but, will tow the Range Rover home. Exactly. <laughs> Real-world application. Yeah. So you picked the RAV4 because it's, it's the best-selling one out there. Is it, is it selling more than the cars? Is it selling more than, like, Camry and Accord or Altima? Or? Yeah, we, for sure. It's, we, basically, the, these sort of compact SUVs have just overtaken... The sedan. So we expect, I mean, it's early days, of course. It's a new model. In fact, the car that we're driving is actually a pre-production car, uh, which Toyota have, uh, have lent us for the for the adventure. Um, but they'll sell over four hundred thousand of these in the next year. So we kind of looked at it and said, "What is the what's the craziest thing? What's the what's the most in-depth review we can do?" Um, and we sat there in the room and came up with this idea. So it's every state bar Hawaii and Alaska. Um, you can follow it all on edmunds.com slash roadnoise, edmunds.com slash roadnoise, or on all our social channels. So we set off at midday Eastern time tomorrow, and then we are literally driving nonstop. There's 15 of us involved. We do 30 hours. We then switch crews, so we have different people through the car. And about every 30 hours, we, we keep switching people across the week. Um, obviously, we're going through the snow belt in, in December, which is going to be entertaining. Um, I'm up in Maine. It's very cold. There's no snow here at the moment. Um, so it's a huge challenge. It's basically a year's family motoring across the U.S. in a week. You know what that thing's going to smell like when you're done? Who's got the last leg of driving? That's, good. That's a torture. Do you, do, you, do you know why I'm in the first leg? Because <laughs> brand new and clean. Because <laughs> there you go. My OCD could not cope with being being the sort of you know fourth crew along. <laughs> Do you guys, how are you going to hit every state? You're going up and down, left and right? Like, how? what's what's kind of the path it, here? It's all been very kind of scientifically worked out with, with Google Maps and so on. And we have a little, when you go to the site from tomorrow lunchtime, you'll be able to see we've got a little Garmin gadget in the car, and you'll be actually able to track us in real time across the U.S. The route looks something something like a W. Um, when you when you plot it when you plot it out across the U.S. So we start in Maine. We end up in uh, so for leg one is Kittery, Maine to Piedmont, South Carolina, and then it's Springfield, Illinois, Hot Springs, South Dakota, um, then on to Idaho, and we end up in Needles, California. And we literally touch every state. At times, we'll just kind of drive in, drive out. I think there's one one instance where we pretty much drive through a casino to go into the state. <laughs> and then come out again. But, uh, yeah, it's taken a lot of planning, a lot of logistics. But, uh, yeah, it'd be quite an adventure. So you guys got a, a several teams of three people each and then Dan Edmonds by himself because he's three people of driving. Is that how that, that works? That Edmonds is the only person <laughs> doing two legs back to back. There you go. Dan, so he's doing... Dan is like the – He loves it. He's what? Vehicle – director of vehicle testing – um, he's yeah. been on our show before. He's been on uh, the CarCast with with uh, with myself and Adam Carolla. Uh, oddly enough, his name is Dan Edmonds. He's not related to Edmonds people. It's just where else you gonna you can't you can't hire Dan Edmonds at any many other car company because his name is Dan Edmonds. Um, he's a great guy. I love the way he tests vehicles and stuff. But nobody loves he's damn road trips more than that guy like every time i i've talked to him on the phone or or texted with him and uh he's like yeah i'm i'm up in the mountains in washington or oregon or taking a road trip and i'm up here and i'm doing that like he just he's just got seat time like nobody's got more seat time on the planet than that guy so i can see how he's gonna he's gonna do 60 hours in that thing <laughs> it's gonna do 60 hours and of course we've got to we've got to sleep in the back of the car so yeah, two people always awake for safety, one person sleeping in the back, in theory at least. 
20 minute stops for, for fuel, uh, 20 minute stops for food, and uh, that's it. Keep going. How, how likely are you guys to stay on schedule? It kind of, a lot of it depends on the weather and obviously traffic as well. I mean, tomorrow we head down to across the top of New York, New Jersey and down towards Washington. So there's potential for picking up traffic there. The weather could close in. So there is lots of, lots of potential to go, things to go wrong. I mean, we could have problems with the car. We could have problems with ourselves. So we are, we, if, if, if everything went absolutely per- perfectly, we might do it in six days. But that doesn't give us a lot of leeway for things going wrong. So it's a it's a genuine challenge. We need to average, depending on the route we take, something like forty six miles an hour for the entire week. So <laughs> on certain states, we'll be on the big highways and we should be able to make up time. But then there are on other, uh, you know, there'll be other parts where we're, we're queuing in traffic and, and and everything else. So it's it's a proper challenge, and we will be doing updates on our our own site every few hours. You'll also be able to follow us across Twitter, Instagram, everything else. So, and if you see the car on the road, it's, it's hashtag Rav Forty Eight States. See what we did there? Yeah. Um, so yeah. The car, I've just been to a, a wrapping place this morning uh, here near Boston, and we've got the car liveried up. So, if you see us out on the road, uh, send that, send something out hashtag Rav Forty Eight States, or um, take a we'll picture, the tag them. We're just don't get in their way. Take a picture and send it to us. Yeah. Take a picture and exactly. tag it, and uh, don't don't drive in front of them or or near them because, you know, they're worried about uh, they're worried about traffic, and uh, uh, I'm worried more about mental stability. <laughs> when you're, I'm not killing each other after thirty thousand. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna come back, and uh, everyone's gonna be like, "Hey, uh, Alistair, can we just take a few days off? Just like literally not see each other for a few days, because it's gonna be a bit much." But uh, all right, so Rav Four, best-selling vehicle. I mean, outside of the trucks, like you know, our F-150s and Silverados and Rams, they sell eight or nine hundred thousand or something like that a year. But uh, interestingly enough, the Rav Four is is what everybody's buying. So Let's find out if it's uh, if this new version, which is facelifted and, and, and really kind of new from the ground up, let's see if it's worth it. But, yeah, it's all new this one. So uh, yeah, I mean it's a it's a don't screw it up vehicle for Toyota. So we're going to put it through a proper test, and uh, yeah, I'll be able to say more about it in a week's time. But we'll still be going. I mean, as we're as we set off at Wednesday lunchtime, by the time we come to to for the next show, we'll, we will still be on the road, most likely, hopefully. Uh-huh. Well, not you. <laughs> not me. Not no, you. I'll be, I'm, well, maybe we'll I'll have to check in. With, maybe we could check in with Dan Edmonds or something at the end, uh, you know, in a week from now <laughs> and see what he's doing. And he'd be, he'd be screaming and yelling. And going, I've lost my mind. All right. So while you guys are driving, getting ready to drive this RAV4, um, uh, I'm doing something very similar. Instead of a RAV4 for six days, I'm driving an Aston Martin Vantage for three days. So we're basically twins in this respect. Uh, I, uh, you've guys seen it. Uh, they sent me the coolest car with the most horrible color. It's this fluorescent day glow green yellow thing. Um, I, I, I forgot what, uh, what, what Aston Martin calls it, but they've got some crafty name like electric lemon or something like that to it. Uh, and, uh, uh, it's a cool car. I mean, the Vantage, um, the Vantage V8 that originally came out uh, a number of years ago um, was was a great is a great way for for Aston Martin to sort of get into this 911 world, uh, this Porsche 911 competitor world. The V8 version wasn't very fast. The V12 version was kind of badass, and you got the V12 with uh, with the manual transmission. Um, which is kind of badass, but uh, so this new version that we have, I've, I've I've only been in it for about a day so far, and uh, and then we're here in the studio. But uh, the car's cool; it looks good. Uh, um, it's super bright in the photos, and it stands out. And everybody looks at the car on the road because of this crazy color, uh, which kind of makes it fun. But it's just not like you don't look at the color and go, "Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd buy that." Oh, you know what it looks like? It looks like that. Stupid G class uh, Mercedes that we hate so much yep. over here. G wagon, that damn G wagon with that the four hundred thousand dollar G wagon. Yeah, with the stupid Dago Glow 
green on it. That's what it looks like. It's that color. I just realized why I hate it so much. It's because of that stupid truck. I didn't want to bring that up to you. <laughs> but uh, so it looks like that. So now we've got uh, – uh, Instead of an Aston Martin V8, they sort of threw in the towel on their V8. They're saying, yeah, we've done the V8. Eh, we're more into our naturally aspirated and now twin turbo V12 cylinders. They'll always have a 12 is what they say. So they called up their friends over at Mercedes AMG and they said, hey, AMG, what do you got? And they said, hey, we've got a C63 you know, performance pack, whatever, and I think some other, one of their other AMG vehicles, and it's a 500 and something, 507 or something horsepower, uh, four liter V8. And, uh, and it's fantastic in this car. It sounds great. It pulls hard. It's got great power. We finally have an Aston Martin that can scoot along. This isn't the super rare, you know, like a DBS or something. This is just an Aston Martin Vantage V8. Uh, and it's zero to 60 in like 3.4 seconds. It tops out somewhere around 195. I don't have the specs in front of me, but trust me on this one. And, um, I think they about 150,000 bucks base price. And you throw a few options in it. The one I've got has got the, the carbon ceramic brakes. So it's probably about 180, 185,000 bucks. Um, and it's great. And the thing about Aston Martin is, uh, uh, I was going to say they're terrible because they're British, but Alistair's on the line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I, the British cars have always been so pretty, but these cars have been hand-built, and it, like, the cost of ownership is pretty high, and the reliability is is fairly low. Um, but it seems like they keep getting better, and this car is a nice step forward. Is it perfect? No. I mean, performance-wise, does it compete with the 911, 911S? Absolutely, I think it does. I think the chassis on this is nice. The engine's in the front, but it's front-mid. Like, imagine the front of the engine where your, where your pulleys and belts are. That's basically in line with the front axle, more or less. And it's got a rear... Uh, transaxle, which is kind of in line with the rear axle. So uh, this car basically has a 50-50 weight ratio. It's got good power. Um, it's got an eight-speed uh, paddle shift in it. Uh, Alistair, have you driven the new Vantage yet? Uh, only briefly. Yeah, no, I haven't spent a great deal of time in it. Um, I, I think you're right. I think it's nearly, it's nearly there. It does a huge amount of things well. Um, and what Aston has done very sensibly is actually the whole deal with Mercedes makes so much sense because you've got access to great engines, which have been engineered with, you know, proper resources. You've got access to the infotainment stuff, which is now taken from Mercedes. So a lot of the fundamental things which small volume sports car manufacturers historically get wrong are now sorted. So what they're able to concentrate on is the design, the touchy-feely bits and everything else, which differentiate it. So Aston, for the first time in a, in a while, is in a, is in a good place. I agree with you that, about the color, which is which is hideous, and I don't know why. <laughs> as a press vehicle, as a vehicle that's sending out to, to guys like us, they would send it out in that color because Aston is all about that kind of understated British reserve. It's yeah. not a, it's not a Lamborghini. It's not a, it's not a Ferrari. It's it's a kind of thinking, you know, thinking person's choice, the connoisseur's choice. So why do you kind of put it in highlighted pen, pen yellow? Makes no sense. I still think there's some work to do inside as well. In, in, interior is a little bit of a mess for me. Yeah, but they're, it's they're, different, it's fast, and it works. There are a lot of buttons, and I think they're trying to play in this world of, of you know, Lamborghini, Gallardos, and, and stuff like that with the with the color palettes. But, um, you know, the, the, the baby blue one that I've seen around uh, – uh, looks looks pretty good. It's bright and flashy, but it, but it's still a, far more subtle than this than this bright green. Um, although you know, uh, why not give us a nice British racing green? I know it's a little darker and it's tougher to photograph. You know, for 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 the media, but uh, why not have a British racing green Aston Martin? Um, uh, you know. Uh, to send over to us because that just makes the most sense in, in as far as that. But I guess they're trying to get a little more attention with it. And certainly when you drive it down the road, everybody notices it. So anyway, it's a fun car. I've got another like day and a half or so in it. Um, it's, uh, it's been great. Um, you know, it's got, it's got a few things, you know, it's got a few things. The, um, uh, the carbon ceramic brakes are grabby. I'm telling you when you're sitting in some traffic and you just, just, 
push on it a little bit, man, those things just kind of grab and you you feel like a little awkward, like you don't know how to drive. But um, and the throttle is very sensitive right off right off the line. So if you just tip in a little bit, it kind of wants to jump. So um, on one hand, it's like, man, this is a wild beast and it really wants to move and stop. Uh, and but sitting in traffic, it's a little it's a little tougher to do. So you got to just kind of have to really really balance it with your foot. But other than that, it's been fun and stuff so far. But um, cool stuff. Um, all right, we've got uh, we've got a few more minutes, but uh, I want to just uh, check in and see, Alistair, what did you think of the LA Auto Show? Do you got a couple of top picks? Do you have uh, maybe three or so uh, vehicles that uh, you thought are significant or you liked? Yeah, I mean, I think overall it was a good show. I think we've talked before about how auto shows are kind of on the wane and Detroit struggling and everything else. But LA had a real buzz about it. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of exciting cars there. New 911, code name 992. That kicked, kicked things off on the night before the show. Um, I mean, that's a, a very sensible evolution of the 911. The interior, I think, is terrific and a real, real step forward. Honda had the Passport, which is based on the seven-seater pilot, and it kind of sits between the CRV and the seven-seater pilot. So it's a five-seater SUV, a little bit more off-road capability, a little bit more masculine, and it's all this kind of marketing marketing nonsense about outdoor lifestyles. And, you know, every picture has a, has a kayak on it and that sort of thing. But it's, uh, that looks like a pretty, um, a pretty good vehicle. But the big one that was really doing the numbers on our site was the um, Jeep Gladiator, the the Jeep pickup truck, yeah. which they've really done a they've really done a nice job with that. I mean, we've been you know there's been rumors, there's been third party people doing doing trucks out of Jeeps for years, but they've they've really gone to town on it. It's the kind of size of a Toyota Tacoma, um, so it's not just a, a Wrangler with a bed on the back. They've actually really worked on the it's on big. the frame to improve its towing capacity. Five foot bed. It's a it's a good thing. Really liked it. What do you think the price range is going to be on that? It's going to be a little bit more. We we think it's going to be sort of mid to high thirties, around thirty seven starting from, and then in the best Wrangler tradition, it will go up and up from there. But so how how high do you think it goes? Is it going to compete with like F one fifty Platinums? Are you going to get a sixty thousand dollar Jeep? I'm sure if you want to, especially if you want to de- delve into the Mopar catalog, you can make it that expensive. But this is smaller, so it's a five-foot bed. It's 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 a Ford Ranger. It's Ford Ranger rather than Ford F-150. Uh, it, it's Tacoma rather than Tundra. So it's a it's a mid-size it's a mid-size truck rather than a full-size truck. Okay. Um, which actually I think will make it make it really. Uh, what what's nice about it is the tech specs actually actually stack up. So yes, you'll see a lot in California driven by people who pertain to surf. But actually, if you do want to buy it as a proper working vehicle, it's going to have great off-road capability, and it's got good payload, good towing capacity, and a, and a good bed as well. So it's a, it's, they've done a proper job on it. It's not, just a, it's not just a sort of lifestyle wagon. Okay, well, we're going to let uh, uh, Goldberg go. Um, he's got to jump off the line, and uh, we'll, we'll stay for another minute and keep chatting. But uh, thanks, Bill, as always, for, uh, for, for calling in. I know things are busy over there. Good luck with your cars. And uh, and uh, we'll chat next week. Maybe we'll get a red eye soon. Maybe get a Range Rover soon. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. We shall see. You Uh, guys be well. Take care, Alistair. Appreciate it very much. All right. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. buddy. Take care. Um, Yeah. So, so I think the Jeep is pretty significant. You're right. I I I think it feels like a thirty-seven to probably forty-eight thousand dollar range thing somebody was asking me they're like hey i've got uh, f-150 you know and it's you know seven or eight years old should i look into the gladiator and i was like you know yes but don't expect it to be like if you're shopping for like a an f-150 platinum or or the the dodge or or the ram that you guys have the fully loaded one um uh you know I, I don't know if the Jeep is going to compete with the sixty thousand dollar pickup truck, right? It's going to compete it's with different, the it's with a, the forty thousand. It's a different kind of thing, truck. particularly inside. You you've got a bit more space in the back than you would have in a, a standard Wrangler, but certainly not nearly as much as you would an F one fifty or 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 the Ram. Um, so it's a it's a different kind of vehicle. I mean, some people buy it just because they they like the look of it and what it says about them. 
But it's, it's, as I say, it's more of a Tacoma rival. I think unless you're wanting to trade down in size, anybody getting out of a Ram or a Silverado into one of these is going to find it pretty small. You know, but it's still a Jeep, so you can take the doors off. You can, you know, swap on all kinds of parts. Like, there's so much you can do. All the the Jeep stuff you can do, you can do to this thing as well. And um, and to uh, to Dodge's uh, Jeep and and Mopar, to their credit, um, Mopar already has basically like a full catalog uh, ready to go of aftermarket parts for this thing. I think they even had one there, all or maybe two, like all kind of done up, and you know the the, the you know different you know, different doors and all kinds of stuff and lighting and things like that. So the Mopar catalog is already pretty, pretty stock full of, of, uh, of, of parts for that thing. So that's kind of cool. So, all right, listen, I, I agree with you to 911. 9-11. 9-11 is always going to be on the list. This is a big deal for them. It's new. It's got a lot of nips and tucks and this and that. It's, it's, it's faster and it's, you know, more refined. The shifter is a little weird. It looks like a Norelco shaver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, they talked to their race drivers, and their race drivers said, "We don't use the shifter; we use the paddles." So they've engine. Yeah, they have. <laughs> good. I hadn't thought about that. It is. It's like a. It's, it is like a shaver, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like um, a little shaver, <laughs> like coming up. It's got like a little grill on the top. It's weird. It's weird looking. I mean, it's fine. It just. It just looked like a little shaver to me. Um, uh, just wait for the stick shift, which is coming next year, and everything will be fine. Yeah, and we'll see how many of those vehicles will get will get the stick. Um, but they, you know, they had the Carrera, they had the they had the Carrera S, they had the S four over there. That you know, I'm, I'm sure they're going to do a beautiful Tarka. You'll see it's got flush door handles now, and 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 uh, some you know some some nice features to it. So, well, I'm sure you're going to hear a lot more about it. That looks good. Um, I think the the Jeep Gladiator um, caught a lot of attention for people. Uh, for me, I also. Um, I also uh, we talked about it before. I'm I'm impressed with the Lincoln Aviator, and I hope that does well for them. And uh, I'm going to be talking to one of the uh, Lincoln uh, engineers at some point to talk about some of the tech they've got going into that um, on the other show with uh, with Adam. We'll get them scheduled in the next couple of weeks. Um, and I started paying more attention to Genesis, and I haven't driven one yet, and and I. I was in them and I liked them and and this is this is kind of odd like I went and I saw the Cadillac CT6 it's a big full size you know like S class or 7 series Cadillac and I liked it but there's something about the Cadillac interior that I just don't feel like it's quite there yet and then I actually went over to Genesis and looked at their big competitor the G90 and I would say it's arguably nicer and, uh, well, we actually the CT six is actually also going to be stopping production as part of General Motors' decision to to kill off a whole bunch of cars and unfortunately shut some plants as well. So the CT six is going to die. And um, we had a G ninety on our long term test fleet, and I agree the interior is is it, is it quite Mercedes S class? Probably not, but you know they they are getting there inch by inch. They're getting there, and I you know they've got some interesting concept cars. They've got. Uh, Luke Donkervolker is the chief designer, and he was the guy that um, did the la- did the, the whole generation of Lamborghinis, Mercedes-Lago, I think he was, and, and a, possibly Aventador as well. He's on board, so you know there's potentially quite an interesting and exciting future for for Genesis, and of course that's the luxury brand of, of Hyundai. Um, they launched the um, uh, Palisade, which is a seven-seater SUV, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, three-row SUV seven seats or eight, I believe, at uh, at the LA show. And that was an interesting car as well. So they are, you know, they are making big strides as a company. Yeah. And the G70 is new. So I went to one of their events and I went to the auto show. I looked at the cars and uh, let's just take the badge off of it. Just forget that it's 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 Genesis or Hyundai or whatever, because, look, we're, we're going to be fine with this at some point. You know, we had Honda and then like Acura and then the Acura we all like now. And then, you know, Nissan's got Infiniti and Toyota's got Lexus. And so why wouldn't Hyundai have Genesis? And uh, 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 so I, I, I talked to my friends over at Genesis and said, hey, you know, I, I'm interested in trying something out. I know the G70 is kind of your new you know, your newest car out there. And I want to say the G70 is sort of like their three series BMW. So we're going to get our hands on one of those. 
Um, and then I think they have a G80 and a G90, right? Which would be like a five series and a yeah. seven series, right? So, um, and, and they have an S, and they have an SUV on the way as well, which is going to be really important for them. Yeah, right. Because, like we're saying, I mean, SUVs are what is selling, especially in 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 the United States. So we're going to give the G70 a try, and then we're going to give the G90 a try. I don't know exactly when. We're still working on scheduling. And I just want to tell you guys, like, like, what do we think about it? Um, like, what's what's our opinion of the cars? And uh, and then we can get into some more of the technical reliability and long term stuff that you guys are familiar with uh, over at Edmund. So um, it'll be a good conversation. Uh, but uh, they look good. They seem pretty cool. Um, uh, you know, maybe it's maybe it's something worth getting. And then let's break it down at some point. Do you buy one of these? Do you lease one of these? Do you get one used for a couple of years? And you know, can you get a G ninety that's seventy grand for forty two thousand bucks with twelve thousand miles on it? Because that'd be a pretty nice car for that price range. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the, resi- the residual values aren't great. So, yeah, they make a great second hand buy if you can find one. Yeah, yeah they are. They are good in the used market. All right, guys, we're going to wrap things up here. And before we do, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Dodge. This winter, you can tell Jack Frost to eat snow. Muscle up in a Dodge all-wheel drive vehicle and hit the road in a powerful ride, in a ride that's so powerful it makes ice shiver. Hurry into your local Dodge dealer now for great deals at the Dodge Big Finish sales event. Of course, you can find uh, me on social media at Moderator. You can find him everywhere. You can find Goldberg. He's uh, Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter and Goldberg95 and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. And, of course, uh, Alistair Weaver from Edmunds.com. Alistair Weaver from Edmunds.com is way too long of a name. We need to, we need to bring this down. We, we need to get a good podcast name for Alistair Weaver. As a matter of fact, anybody who's listening to this show, hit us up on social media and start coming up with a, a better name for Alistair Weaver from Edmunds.com. But uh, you, can, uh, you can go to Edmunds.com. You can follow Edmunds on all the social media platforms. You can go to Weaver Alistair on Instagram, or you can go to Alistair weaver on twitter and if you get it wrong just switch it and then you probably get it right <laughs> um, i think you're right matt I was, we were talking about this in the bar the other day that you kind of got moderator goldberg and alistair from edmonds which doesn't really kind of doesn't have that see now we i, I was really. using moderator for the website and stuff before i came into doing this nearly 10 years ago and goldberg's goldberg so there's nothing you can do but you got to keep you know in the world of radio, nobody has good names, <laughs> so they've all got they've got terrible slang names and and things that are 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 kind of funny and and whatnot. So um, send us names for for Alistair Weaver from Edmonds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good luck with your road trip, buddy, and uh, hopefully you guys make it. And uh, uh, sorry to Dan Edmonds for taking the last leg of the smelly car when it's going to be done, but. Uh, but he can handle it. Um, he can handle it. He loves it. No, it's going to be a great adventure. And edmunds.com slash roadnoise if you want to follow along the journey or on our social channels. And it's hashtag RAV48States. Hashtag RAV48States. I love it. All right, guys. Thank you so much and uh, for, uh, for Chris and Alistair and Goldberg. Uh, until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.